thank you guys. Thanks so much for having uh, having me back here again at Metaview. Um, you guys were, I think, the very first church that I ever spoke at, and it's amazing that I get to come back after that. Um, so, um, so super excited to be back here. Super excited to get to share a little bit about uh, the Fiji Nutrition Centers and Mana Fiji and all that God's doing there. Um, super excited uh, just to to get to represent you. Um, as, as Pastor mentioned a minute ago, like when you support missionaries, whether it's through prayer, financially, through going on mission trips, whatever, um, you become a part of our lives. You become a part of our family, our extended family, and you become a part of all that God is doing in and through the different missionaries that you support. Um, so when that kid in Fiji hears about Jesus, you guys have a part in that. Um, when that kid in Africa, in what, you guys support the Shadles in Ethiopia, yes? Um, when you, that kid or that person in Ethiopia hears about Jesus for the first time, comes to a saving faith in Christ, and it's like you guys are standing right there. And all of us, I, can, I, I, I can't speak for all the missionaries on all things, but I can speak for all the missionaries and say that we want you to feel that. Um, to not only feel the weight of that and the responsibility of that, but to feel the joy of that. Because there's nothing better than getting to be a part of changing somebody's life and their eternity. And you guys are a part of it all over the world, literally, all the time. And so thank you guys so much for all that you do to support my family. Um, there was a, a minute ago, there was a picture up there right before this one that said uh, that, that, that the world may know. Right? I was like, I lost it. That the world may know. You know how the world knows. Like you know how the world has always ended up knowing about Jesus. Like from the very beginning... When the world just started to know about this Jesus who came as God with man flesh on, who walked among people and talked about salvation and talked about hope and talked about love and talked about righteousness. You know how they know? Because somebody has audacious faith. Because somebody has the audacity to say he's real. And you need to know him. That's how the world knows. And you guys are a part of that. Um, my family, you'll see on the screen, I think a picture of my family in a second, hopefully, maybe. Um, and um, we are your missionaries of MANA Worldwide. We're associate directors for Asia. And what that means, basically, um, is that we get to travel all over the country. We get to speak in churches like Meadowview. And we get to challenge people to say yes to missions, however that looks for them. We get to challenge people to say yes, to go on mission trips, to come alongside us and travel with us and do all these crazy adventurous things in Fiji and other places around the world so that they may know, so that we can get to be a hands-on, face-to-face, first-hand part of life change and eternities forever changed. We get to travel and speak in churches and challenge people to give of themselves, both financially but also physically, to move and to do something for God. 
We get to challenge people, yes, to give financially um, and to get involved in supporting nutrition centers in Fiji and orphanages and schools and medical clinics and digging water wells and all these different projects around the world that MANA does. We're now in about 50 countries, close to 250 different ongoing projects, all with the idea that if we just love on people, if we serve people, if we live with an audacious faith that takes steps of faith continuously for the rest of our lives, that God will get all the glory and that his name may be known. That people will come to faith. So thank you guys for being a part of that today. Um, as you might uh, guess from my little intro there, um, I want to talk about audacity. Um, I want to talk, talk about that boldness that it takes to take a risk, to take a step of faith, to get involved in the life of somebody else. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for how good you are. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. God, thank you that we can know that we know that you are king. And God, thank you that you give us the opportunity um, not just the calling, not just the command, but also the opportunity to get involved in what you're doing and what you want to do among the nations. Father, we ask that you will speak to us clearly this morning. Though my words may fail, God, speak to the hearts of people as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, I don't know if stuff's up there. Yeah, okay, cool. I, I was scared to look back, you know, for a minute there. I was like, oh, touch and go. Um, but uh, today, this morning, I want to talk about audacity. I want to talk about uh, an, an audacious faith that takes risks. What's a risk? Anything that takes you beyond where you're standing today or where you're sitting today into the next step, right? Into the next thing. A risk is something that's difficult, often, most of the time, right? It's not risky if it's not hard. Audacity allows us to take a step of faith to say, I'll do what God says to do. If we're going to have an audacious faith, that means we have a willingness to step into whatever he has for us. Now, odd uh, chapter and verse uh, and, and, and book choice this morning. Mark 9, uh, beginning in uh, verse 2. So this uh, story, uh, most people would think of as just talking about the transfiguration and like what's that have to do with anything, right? Uh, but hopefully we'll wrap, we'll, we'll, we'll tie it in. Uh, Mark 9, beginning in verse 2, reads, and after six days, so Jesus is working and speaking and moving among people and healing people and sharing this good news with people. And then after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John. Like, if you're going to rank disciples, right? <laughs> like, Peter and James and John got to be a part of a lot of the big things. Like, they, they were like Jesus' sort of right-hand men, right? They were like, okay... If Jesus is going to grab somebody and go into something different, these are the guys. James, John, Peter. And he led them up a, mount, a high mountain by themselves. And he's transfig, uh, transfigured before them. That means he's changed. His clothes became radiant. 
intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. So this is odd, right? I, I, I'm odd. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I'm, I'm sort of different, um, a little bit weird. My wife would say I'm very weird. Uh, let's just go, let's go ahead and say that. Um, I'll speak for her since she's not here to say it. Yes, yes, she would be nodding. Um, but I'm weird, so when I read the Bible, I look for weird things. I don't know if you do that, right? I read through the Bible, and I notice when something odd happens, it's like I perk up. I'm like, oh, let me pay attention, right? And I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it here, right? Maybe that's part of it. It's like, pay attention. What happens? What's he doing? Why does he do this? I don't know. Maybe Jesus wants to show them exactly who he is so that he can lead them to do exactly what he wants them to do, to step out with audacious faith as life moves on, as their ministry moves on. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Okay, so Elijah, Moses appear, Jesus, they're all having a conversation, they're on a mountain, Jesus is all bleached, all white, and Peter and James and John are supposed to just stand there, um, I suppose, but Peter, being the guy that Peter is, can't. Uh, Peter said to Jesus, um, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. No, no laugh at all on that. Peter sees Jesus completely changed in front of him. Elijah, Moses show up. These like Old Testament, like awesome, incredible like prophets of God show up and Peter, all he can say is, it's good that we're here. <laughs> no? That's odd. It's good that we're here. You know, Peter, um, say what you want about Peter, but he had an audacious faith. Like he was willing to step out in faith. He did something when everybody else was crouched in a corner of the boat, Right? He walked on water. Like, Peter was willing to take a step of faith. It was bold and sometimes a little funny. But he's willing to step up and say something or do something different from others. Maybe that's supposed to be us. Maybe we're supposed to have the audacity, the boldness, to just look at Jesus and say, I don't know, but I'm here. What should we do? Peter steps forward and says, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Um, and then he suggests what he thinks maybe he should do. At least he's willing to do something. He says, let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Should have started with that. I don't know what to say here, Jesus. What do you want us to do? Instead, he's like, let's build some tents and do some things. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that would be me, right? Maybe it would be you, right? I mean, what do you do in that moment? He did not know what to say, but they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is God speaking. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. God gets their attention. God uses this moment to grab the attention of these guys, probably forever, right? 
Like, don't get distracted. Pay attention. Listen to Jesus. I think we need to hear that, church. What did Jesus say throughout his time here on earth? What does the Bible tell us about God and who God is? God says we're meant to um, love God with everything that we have. We're meant to love others as ourselves. We're meant to care about people. We're meant to love people. We're meant to serve people. We're meant to go to people. We're meant to give audaciously of ourselves, of our finances, of our time and talent. God speaks audibly for only the second time about Jesus as far as what we're told in Scripture. And the first time is uh, at his baptism and as he's raised up, uh, God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased in Matthew 3.17. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, like announcing him in all his glory, who he is. And then the second time, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Church, we're meant to know who Jesus is. We're meant to love him for it and we're meant to listen to him for it. So we're meant to listen to what he says for us to do. And Jesus consistently called his friends, his followers, his people, and by extension, us, to live audaciously, to love others when nobody else will, to serve others till it hurts, to give like that widow who gave her last pennies. Jesus consistently calls us to be different, to live audaciously, so they, they're coming down off the mountain. Jesus is like, keep this hush-hush, right? They're coming down off the mountain, and in verse 14, we'll pick up, and it says, And when they came to the disciples at the bottom of the mountain, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. So all these people came together to argue, apparently. I, I don't know if that seems like church people sometimes to you. It does to me. Um, sometimes, guys, man, we can think we've got it all right and we're all just as wrong as anybody else, right? Um, they came to the disciples, everybody's arguing, all the stuff is going on. They just came off this high, beautiful moment, right, with Jesus. They come down, everybody's arguing, and immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about? With them. Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He is a spirit that makes him mute. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So the son is possessed by a demon. The man brings him to Jesus. May, may we be audacious enough in our faith to bring whatever it is that we're struggling with. To Jesus, this man, he has heard about Jesus probably. He may have seen Jesus or heard Jesus speak. He may have heard about the miracles that he does. He may have heard about some things that he could do. And he believes enough to bring his son to Jesus. He's audacious in his faith, he's bold in the way that he picks his son up and he carries him to Jesus and he brings him there. And he's bold in the way that he speaks up over the crowd. Like we don't 
I mean, it doesn't say in here that this man is like some highly respected scribe or teacher of the law, right? It just says, and someone from the crowd. Some random guy from the crowd, when all these scribes are arguing and everybody's focused on Jesus and waiting to see what he'll say next, he brings his son and he says, I brought him for you to help him. He has a spirit that makes him mute. All these things happen. And I ask your disciples, it says, so I ask your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. <laughs> Jesus gives a bit of a, uh, uh, oh, guys, you know, he's kind of like, what's wrong? Why couldn't you cast it out? Right? Um, Jesus gives a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe it's a little reprimand, maybe it's a little poking fun at it. I, you know, um, how long am I to bear with you? <laughs> Bring him to me, Jesus says. Okay. So this goes on. This man has the audacious faith to bring his son to Christ because he believes that he can make a difference. Let me tell you, church, when a child is in the grip of spiritual or physical poverty, it impacts everybody. This child is struggling. This child has a demon and it impacts the crowd. It impacts everything that's going on there. It impacts his family. It impacts his dad. It impacts the community. The kiddos that we serve with Manna Worldwide, um, while not demon-possessed, hopefully, um, they, are, they are in need. They are struggling. Their families are struggling. Um, we open centers in hard places because in hard places, people desperately, desperately are seeking an answer. They're desperately seeking for help. And Jesus always said, bring them to me. And so that's what we say, church. And I believe that's what we're called to say is we're called to look into the lives of people and boldly take a step forward and say, if they're struggling spiritually, if they're struggling physically, if they're struggling emotionally, if they're struggling in any way, we want to do just as Jesus did and say, bring them to me. So, when we help a child, conversely, it impacts a family and a community as well. Um, so, the Bible, uh, in, in verse 20, it says, uh, the Bible says, And they brought the boy to him, and when the Spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, and he rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? So then they have this conversation. It's been happening since childhood. It throws him in the fire. It you know, throws him you know, in water. It does all these things to try to destroy him. And the man says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. All things. Immediately the father um, of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. So Jesus heals the boy. Because of a bold step of faith of a father to say, I've heard the rumors 
And I think Jesus can help. We've heard the rumors, church. I believe Jesus can help with whatever you're struggling with, with whatever I'm struggling with. I believe that Jesus can help in uh, the area of our uh, physical needs, our spiritual needs, our financial needs, our emotional needs, our family needs, our community needs, our world needs. Jesus can help. When we help a child, it impacts a family and a community as well. Um, the dad in, in this story, he comes and he brings his son and he, he it's, it's interesting wording in there because uh, he says, help us. Like, will you help us? Not just will you help him, will you help me? He says, help us. And I think that's how we're supposed to see it. I think when we look at kids in the Fiji Islands who don't have enough food to eat at home, we need to see them as part of us. We need to bring them to the feet of Jesus. We need to serve them like he's standing in front of them. Because he is through us. Through our sacrifice. Um, and Jesus says, bring them to me. Number one, as a, uh, I want to go through uh, three things real quick here. Um, a, as a Christian church, we should be taking bold risks. If you're a believer in Jesus here today, you should be taking bold risks in your life, if not daily, very, very often. I think that's how we're supposed to live. If we look at the Bible and we look at what, um, what uh, God calls us to and what Jesus called his disciples to, it's not a whole lot different than what he calls you and I to. Honestly, he calls us to serve and love people like nobody else. To go to people in their time of need. We should be taking bold risks. We should be living audaciously for Jesus. If you're feeling like your life is stuck, if you're feeling like your life is stifled, is stagnant, listen, I have that. I have those feelings fairly often. Sometimes this is a struggle. Sometimes standing up and asking people to give financially <laughs> is not the most fun job. Um, now, I get to see the fruit of it, um, and that makes it more than worth it. But if you're feeling stuck or stifled or stagnant, the answer is Jesus, and the problem the reason that you're feeling stuck, stifled, and stagnant is probably that your feet have become still. When we go to people and serve people and love people and give to people with open hands, God blesses that in one way or another. We need to walk in the direction of the good that God has placed before us, church. Number two, sometimes we all get distracted from our purpose, but we need to remember to focus on Jesus, to refocus. Peter got a little distracted wanting to build some tents. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus tells him, like, focus. Get back on it. Like, God speaks literally from the heavens and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Focus. Number three, 
Sometimes our willingness to be audacious for Christ will mean that we will get to see the miracle. Um, yeah, I mentioned it just a second ago. It's a, um, where, where Peter gets to walk on water. The others are cowering in the boat. Peter gets up and he's able to walk to Jesus on the water. He begins to sink because he takes his eyes off Jesus. He loses focus yet again. And then Jesus picks him back up. They walk back to the boat and everything's good, right? Peter gets to walk on water because he lives audaciously. Because he takes a step of faith when other people are not. And he gets to see and participate in the miracle. Um, there, there's one thing that I like to add to the end of that is that we're, we, we have to remember and um, in everything that we do with Mana Worldwide and everything that you guys do in and through your church, we have to remember um, touch not the glory. Um, it's uh, I, I actually forget where I heard that exactly, um, but I, I, I love it, and I try to repeat it to myself uh, fairly often because if I don't, then um, you know, I might begin to pat myself on the back or something for what I do, for what we do. Um, but we have to remember, church, touch not the glory. God provides the increase. God provides the works for us to step into. God provides an audacious faith in us so that we can take steps of faith towards people, so that people can get their needs met, so that eternities can be changed. God provides finances so that we can uh, give, so that lives and eternities can be changed, so that kids can be fed. so that God can be glorified. So touch not the glory. Um, okay, exercise. Uh, everybody raise your right hand as high as it will go. Okay, as high as it will go. Everybody there? Rule followers, I like it. Um, I did this in a church not long ago, and like half the people didn't raise their hand. It was in New England, so it's understandable. Um, you, know, you get up there and people are a little feisty. Um, but uh, here in Missouri, we're rule followers, right? Um, so, okay. So, now raise it a little bit higher. I'm so ashamed of you guys. All right, put your arms down. Across the room, with, without fail, I saw everyone's hand go up a little higher after I had already told you to raise it up as high as it would go. <laughs> Why? Why? Why didn't you give it all the first time? Why didn't you give it all you had? Because we tend to reserve some, don't we? If you look at your life, if you look at the things that you do in your life, most of us tend to reserve just a little. We tend to hedge just a little on the safe side. May we not get to the end of our lives, church, and realize that we could have lived for Christ with more audacity. May we not get to the end of our lives and realize that we could have given more, knowing that God blesses that, and knowing that we can't outgive God. Like we can know these things, but we still hedge our bets, don't we? Like we still just, just, eh, that's going to be a stretch. Right? 
Let me show you some pictures. Uh, Pastor uh, Simi and his wife Rona and their beautiful kiddos, Kilani and Keanu. Um, Pastor Simi is built like a Mack truck, isn't he? Um, I, like, this is a guy that uh, he is, his personality is the exact opposite of his build. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was built like that, I don't know. I think I'd be a criminal. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, or a football player or something, right? I, I don't know. Who's going to stop you, right? Um, <laughs> no. Pastor Simi is, um, man, he's just, he's just such a good guy. He's just such a loving guy. He's such a serving guy. He, um, he and his wife, Rona, uh, lead a church there in Latoka, Fiji, uh, where our Fiji Nutrition Center is. And um, they also do prison ministry, and they do ministry to other islands, and they support other missionaries on other islands. I got to meet one last year um, uh, from Vanuatu. Uh, we were there, and um, this this family guys are the, the the family that you know your support for that nutrition center helps to support their work and the way that they're able to serve a mostly Muslim population in their community. Um, you see the nutrition center. You see kiddos uh, come there in all of their Muslim like head garb, like the girls all you know wrapped up, and the the colors that they use in the Muslim schools there, um, the dark kind of I don't know what color green it is. I don't know, kind of a forest green, I guess. Um, I'm I'm a guy, so I'm probably wrong on the colors. You know what I'm saying? My wife says all guys are colorblind. I don't know, um, but. Uh, Pastor Simi, his wife, uh, Rona, and then their kiddos, uh, Kilani and Keanu. Uh, we've gotten to see these kids grow up and um, see uh, what, what a treasure they are and how uh, beautiful it is when they jump in and serve um, their peers in the nutrition center. Um, my family and I get to go back and visit these guys at uh, the beginning of June this year. So super excited uh, to see Pastor Simi, uh, his wife, and, and their kiddos and get to, uh, again, take more pictures, take more video, send it back to you guys of what God is doing um, with the financial support and the prayers that you guys give. Um, these guys are legit. Uh, I always say that um, our partners around the world do the hard work. Um, I get to be a go-between, um, but these guys, man, just day after day, serving and loving and feeding kids and telling kids about Jesus and telling their parents about Jesus and serving these communities so well. Um, next picture, we'll see uh, some of the kiddos just doing a, doing a little activity, a coloring activity here. Um, that little girl up there on the like top left, um, man, she is some kind of feisty. Uh, last time I was there last year, um, this little kiddo and a couple other little kiddos are punching a punching bag, and they I tried to join with them, and they absolutely wore me out. Um, but just incredible, joyful, um, and coming to know Jesus uh, left and right. Um, I was talking with Tali, our, one of our leaders there in Fiji, uh, a few days ago, and she said that now most of our kids in our center have professed faith in Jesus there in that Latoka Center. Um, there are several others that they are meeting with regularly now, some of, the, some of the older kids, that they're meeting with regularly now for discipleship and to tell them 
more about Jesus to really solidify their faith. Um, these are kids that are growing up in Muslim homes, uh, some of them Hindu homes, um, but they're coming to, they're coming to know Jesus. Um, and then we've got another picture of some girls there coloring another activity. Um, but we've got about, uh, I think she said now about 30-something, close to 40 kiddos that are coming to that center um, throughout the week. We also, guys, you always, we always talk about the Lotoka Center, but with what you guys give to support, it supports probably 80, 90% of Mana Fiji total. And that includes not only this Latoka Center, um, but um, a center in Suva, the capital city, uh, where um, it's mostly in a Hindu community. Uh, so we got a Muslim community and a Hindu community on the same island, opposite sides of the island. Um, and in that Hindu community, um, people are coming to know faith through the church there, uh, through Bethel Baptist, and coming to know Jesus in a real personal way because we're serving their kids, we're loving their kids, we're giving their kids food and activities and help with education and all the things. And so you guys are a part of that as well. Um, we also have a newer center there that we just uh, started not too long ago, but uh, it is, uh, we are helping to feed kids that are in a, um, it's like a, it's a, a home attached to a, a deaf school where kids come from all over the Fiji Islands. There's like 333 islands. They come from all over the Fiji Islands to this school because there's not deaf schools anywhere else. And so they come there, and a lot of the kids live there, and we're helping to feed those kids. So you guys are part of all kinds of good stuff going on in the Fiji Islands. And church, um, I want to tell you, when you give through your church to support MANA, um, and specifically to these projects in Fiji um, and all the other mission work uh, that you guys support, you are effectively saying what Jesus said, bring them to me. Isn't that good? Isn't it beautiful that God allows us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus in that way? To say they matter, bring them to me. And I'll bring them to Jesus. Um, so the Man of Fiji Islands, uh, we, we would like to increase their support. Um, I think up there I've got, it needs about $500 uh, a month um, for us to be able to increase some of their number of days, number of kids, stuff like that, that they're able to serve. That totals out to about six grand in a year. Um, I've got that mission trip that I mentioned, um, June 3rd through the 14th, um, that I would love for you uh, to consider jumping in on. Uh, we've still got space. Uh, hotel rooms have not been booked yet, and so uh, you guys can you guys can come. Uh, you guys can come and serve and and get to know these kids, um, get to see them, and know exactly what you're given to. Um, know exactly. Um, the kids and the families that are being impacted every single day uh, on literally the other side of the planet, on the other side of that international dateline, um, because of what God is doing here at Meadowview. And so um, you're invited.
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step to the back um, after service, and I'd love to talk with you if you're interested um, in going on that trip or going on a trip in 2025 or anywhere in between. Um, we've got uh, my family um, heads to Nepal and India next month. Uh, in the beginning of June, we head to Fiji. The end of June, we head to the Philippines. Uh, in September, back to Nepal. Um, and November uh, to Cambodia, and then the end of December back to Nepal, uh, and then we're going to start planning for 2025 and get, get some trips going in 2025 as well. And so you guys are always invited. You're always welcome. Uh, the door is always open for you to jump on any or all of our trips. If, uh, if you'd just like to go ahead and retire and come travel with us, that'd be good. So let me pray, and, uh, and I'll turn it back over. Father, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for who you are, for what you do, uh, for how you love us and how you love um, the world. God, we know that you are love um, and that love gives. We know that uh, the Bible tells us that um, you loved us so much that you gave your son for us. And so may we love in the same way uh, that immediately turns our attention to how we can serve and how we can give and how we can go to those in need just as we follow Jesus to do. God, we thank you for each person here today. We ask that your spirit continue to speak to our hearts um, to move us to take steps of faith. It's in Jesus' name I pray.